It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a uh, Hastings College honor band, at least, is rehearsing in the memorial room. And so we're back to doing this the old way for this week edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church. Yes, Damon was pointing out that we are not in our podcast studio, which has become the home for uh, the Monday check-in podcasts, because the podcast studio sits in the memorial room, which is outside our sanctuary. And on this particular Monday, uh, we're delighted to host the Hastings College High School Honor Band and Honor Choir, who are in the memorial room at the time, at this particular moment, rehearsing, uh, and will be doing so all day, followed by a concert tonight at 5.30 in our sanctuary. And so we're delighted to host them, but it did uh, evict us from our podcast. Well, technically we could have tried, but there would have been a lot of background noise. And so we decided we'd be better off uh, going back to our old way of doing things uh, with the hopes that we'll be back in our space on Monday. Yeah, I don't think that it would have really worked all that well. So yeah. mm-hmm. the, uh, the percussionists were in earlier. Yes, yes, they were. Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminded me of how strange it is um, to listen to things out of context and how like how important context is. Because <laughs> just hearing the percussion parts just sounds it sounds weird to just hear the percussion parts and not the rest of the symphonic band or I don't, I don't know exactly what kind of band they put together but or orchestra you know like it's, it's just those four notes on the timpani that's <laughs> that sounds a little different that's I, Damon that's a really good metaphor actually uh you know uh and I think it relates to our study of scripture as well that we uh mm-hmm. we shouldn't read stuff out of context if we just read one line and don't read the words before that and the words after that and think about it in its larger historical context it can be weird like hearing just a percussion line as part of an entire uh band arrangements uh or or in my case uh, as a former french horn player just the horn one or horn two part um which sometimes every once in a while the horn gets to carry the melody and so you have a sense of what it is but most of the time like the tuba the horn is sitting on three or four notes and uh, making a beautiful noise and adding to the gorgeous music, but alone sounds very odd and does not tell us the whole story, right? Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You get to, I mean, it's good and it's interesting, you know, to listen to perhaps, but it's, it's also missing something. That's a so. great metaphor, Damon. Context matters, they told me. Turns out they were right. I think they're right. Mm-hmm. So the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, we take a little look at the at least some of the scripture that's going to be used for the upcoming Sunday at First Pres. We have a little mini Bible study. We ask questions of the text. We let the text ask questions of us as well, perhaps. 
And um, then we switch gears and talk a little bit about the life of First Pres Hastings as well. And we start with prayer. And I have no idea whose turn it is to start. Uh, why don't you open us with prayer and I'll close us. Okay, I can do that. Let me and gracious God, um, thank you for these words that have uh, tumbled through years and through hearts and through lives and mouths and other ears to get to us. As we uh, take a look at them, as we study them, we ask that your spirit might be with us uh, and that we might begin to find within them the truth that you have for us. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So for this coming Sunday, we have a pretty well-known passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, commonly known as the Beatitudes. This is, uh, I think, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I think, are all kind of presented as Jesus preaching, teaching, um, sharing uh, on the what we call the Sermon on the Sermon on the Mount in in Matthew. Uh, and we'll figure out why we call that here in verse 5. So 5 through 12 reads something like this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that's uh, where we pause for this week. Greg, what do you got? Uh, a familiar piece of scripture. Uh that has been preached on often, you know, and Damon and I were talking before we started recording that this is, uh, this is called the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' most famous sermon. And, um, and so I'm tasked, I suppose, this week with writing a sermon about a sermon, which is a strange task. Uh, and I was thinking about the possibility of, of simply reading Jesus' words as a sermon and calling it a day uh, and let, letting Jesus' words speak directly to us. And um, phone call. Yep, I'm going to turn my ringer off here real quick. Forgot about I'm that of, piece. I'm kind of really hyper aware of how much louder it is here doing this than in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of. It's not like phone calls, sure, and like you know, I can hear Melissa right now. I'm talking on the, which you know, that's fine. 
but just like the traffic noise outside the window. I got the toilet flushing behind the wall, behind me, <laughs> all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, we're blessed with that uh, that studio space, aren't we? Mm -hmm. um, so back to <laughs> back to this. So I um, yeah, I I've been rolling over that idea in in my mind because uh, this is sort of a standalone sermon. It, it spans three chapters of Matthew, uh, Matthew chapters five, six, and seven. And this is only the first part of chapter five. And I believe Damon and the youth are going to be leading youth Sunday the following week. And they're going to be uh, preaching on the second part or another part of chapter five, but um, kind of letting the words speak for themselves. Uh, these are Jesus direct words. And uh, what biblical scholars will tell us is likely that Jesus would have preached some version of this sermon in a lot of places. Um, you know, he was wandering around the Galilean countryside, speaking to different groups of people. And um, so he, his words were captured and, uh, and we read a version of this same sermon also in the gospel of Luke, which is sometimes referred to as the sermon on the plain, uh, because like this one is introduced that Jesus went up on a mountain and began to speak and taught them saying, the one in Luke says Jesus went on a flat area and began to teach them and speak saying so you yeah. got the sermon on the mountain the sermon on the plain and they're parallel they, they have slight differences but they're very similar in uh both in content and in structure and mm -hmm. so um yeah it's these are important words uh, words that were recorded and uh that we reflect on and so each one of these blessings or beatitudes as we sometimes call them are probably a sermon in and of themselves um and so sort of trying to take them as a whole is, is an interesting task. And um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Damon? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, also, I mean, before we started recording as well, you, um, you were talking about some of the differences between uh, the version that shows up in Matthew and the version that shows up in Luke. And actually a couple of weeks ago, uh, during youth fellowship time while we were starting to get ready for Youth Sunday, uh, we're taking a look at the the passage for next week. And then kind of, and then also like, okay, let's read a little bit before and a little bit after to get a little more context. So we read this and like this and some and then we kind of started talking about the gospels and um, I got off onto a whole thing about uh, three source hypothesis and um all this sort of stuff but um and you were saying that you know in luke's version uh it's it's not blessed are the poor in spirit it's blessed are the poor right um and it's not blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness uh it's those who hunger and i think it, and there's it even there. greater sense of immediacy in some translations blessed are those who hunger now right could be um, and blessed are those who mourn now, for they will be comforted. So there's a, there's a, there's a greater sense of immediacy in, in this sermon that we've discovered in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. yeah, and I think oftentimes we we look at these Matthew ones as, um, and we think of them as being more um, spiritualized in in some way. And the the commentator that I mentioned last week that I said that I would look up and find his name is Richard Swanson. 
you wrote a set of commentaries. This, this here's I have this one right here. It's called Provoking the Gospel of Matthew. And in, in his sort of reflecting on there's a siren going by the window now. Um, in his reflecting on the gospel of Matthew, he puts a lot of emphasis on like, most of the gospel of Matthew is in response to what happens at the beginning of the gospel of Matthew. And what happens at the beginning of the gospel of Matthew is that um, Herod orders that all of the children be killed, right? And the Holy Family has to flee. And that's a, a detail that we lose track of, I think, relatively easily in the Gospel of Matthew. And that, that this is reflective of um, a trauma that the community experienced, uh, that the Jewish community experienced. And, um, and it connects with Rachel's uh, weeping and wailing for her children uh, at the time of Babylonian exile. And, um, and he includes... A, he includes a, a different translation in his commentary. I don't. I want to read some of it because it <laughs> it's, uh, it takes away that um, spiritualized sort of sense of things, right? Um, so I'll I'll just read a little bit. Um, so it just uh, chapter five starts. Because he saw the crowds, he went up into the mountain. After he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth. He taught them. He says, Godlike in their happiness, the poor in breath. Theirs is the dominion of the heavens. Godlike in their happiness, the mourners. They will be called as witnesses. Godlike in happiness, the gentle ones. They will inherit the earth. Godlike in happiness, the hungry ones, the thirsty ones, hungry and thirsty for strictness, they will be sated. Godlike in happiness, the merciful ones, they will receive mercy. Godlike in happiness, the purified in mind, they will see God. Godlike in happiness, those making peace, sons of God, they will be called. Godlike in happiness, those who have been hunted on account of strictness. Theirs is the dominion of the heavens. Godlike in happiness, you are whenever they reproach you and hunt and speak all evil against you, lying on account of me. Rejoice and rejoice exceedingly. Your reward is great in the heavens, for thus they hunted the prophets before you. Uh, and that's the end of uh, verse 12. But, and he puts a lot of emphasis on a community um, that had just, uh, so there was this Jewish revolt in um, just prior, we believe, to the writing of the Gospel of Matthew that was uh, put down rather fiercely by Rome, and that, that is informing all of the rest of the Gospel, right? So, so that, just for yeah. a quick context, what Damon, there, there was... So this was 30 years after the, the death and resurrection of Christ when uh, Matthew was supposedly writing this gospel. And so 30 years have passed. The, the Christianity movement is getting started, uh, but uh, Rome is still the empire over uh, Jerusalem and the Holy Land. And so the, the Jewish people 
uh, revolted against the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire very harshly put down uh, this revolt. So just just there's just want to provide that historical context. Yeah. So like if, if that's the background for the community, right? Then godlike in their happiness, blessed are, right? Um, godlike in their happiness, the poor in breath, those who have had the breath pulled out of them. Pulled out of them. Uh, for theirs is the for theirs is the dominion of the heavens. Godlike in their happiness, the mourners. Uh, they will be called as witnesses. Um, that they will be given the opportunity to testify um, to the atrocity, perhaps, that they have seen or survived or, or in some way, shape, or form. Um, and that, uh, not necessarily brings back, but um, I can't think of a better phrase for it right now, <laughs> brings back some of that immediacy to yeah. the passage, some of that sort of, um, yeah, urgency, urgency maybe. And it's sort of the community's kind of wrestling with the clash of uh, mercy and a desire for justice, right? Right, and they're, they're retelling the stories of Jesus where Jesus keeps talking about this kingdom of God that is coming and is near, and yet they have just lived through these atrocities. And so they're trying to understand these atrocities through the lens of everything that Jesus taught them. And so there's, they're choosing which of Jesus' sermons they're going to put down on paper for the Gospel of Matthew 30 years after his uh, death and resurrection, right? And they're, they're picking these intentionally as they relate to their context in the same way that we sometimes read the Bible and can relate it to our current context, and it means something more to us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was... Yeah, interesting for me to to think that, and I I like the the urging to to hold that to hold that Herod story, you know, uh, the context of the story, right? That we you got to kind of hold Matthew chapter one at the same time that you're holding Matthew chapter five, at the same time that you're holding Matthew chapter however many it ends on 22 28 yeah not not a bad guess from damon so i i only know that because that's where we find the great commission which is the closing chapter of matthew right Mm -hmm. so it's richard swanson if anybody was really curious wanted to wanted to check it out so yeah yeah it's um it's interesting. I, I'm I'm preaching this sermon series about these these gifts that we receive from God, and and this week uh, I was going to talk about the gift of prophetic challenge, uh, how that is indeed a gift for us to receive from God when we are challenged by the words uh, of Jesus that are prophetic, as well as the words of the prophets. The Old Testament passage that this is paired with. Uh, this week in the Revised Common Lecture, and I probably should have dropped that into our document as we prepared for our uh, Monday check-in, but it's Micah 6, uh, 1 through 8, uh, which is one of my favorite passages from the Old Testament, particularly from the prophets, where uh, Micah is is being challenged, um, and he says, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? So summarizing 
the law and the prophets in doing justice, in acting righteousness, loving mercy or compassion or kindness, and being humble, walking humbly with God. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And so you see echoes of the prophet Micah in the words of Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount. And all of these present for us prophetic challenges because how many of us go about our days thinking about how can I more effectively enact justice in the world? How can I more effectively love mercy or compassion or kindness and demonstrate that in the world? And how can I be more humble? Um, those are not oftentimes thoughts that are at the front of our minds as we go about our daily lives. And so God gives us this gift of the prophetic challenge in these words that we can read and reread and work to try to apply those standards uh, to our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting little piece of scripture. I think it's made all the more interesting by the fact that it's been read a gazillion times um, and and commented on a gazillion times. You know what follows the little bit of scripture that follows this is the um, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can its saltiness be restored? And you just, you just throw it out at that point because it's not good for anything, right? Um, and it's, and if, if if Christians aren't going to you know walk around working for justice and trying to be humble and um, you know tending to those who are hungry and thirsty, well. You, know, you might as well just throw them out. They're not really good for anything anymore, yeah. perhaps, right? Uh, and then it goes into the city on the hill thing and um, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah another contrast to uh, between this version of the sermon in Matthew and then the other version of the sermon in, in Luke is uh, Luke does these blessings and then contrasts them with a series of woes right matthew doesn't do that so uh woe to you who you know and and he walks through the the and 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 each of them are a um contrast parallel structure Mm -hmm. and so uh it's uh which if you were looking would be another connection to amos amos has woes as well, uh, woe to you who rest on, lounge on couches um, while people are crying for justice in the street or something to that effect is, is how it's written. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a very prophetic sort of a thing to be doing. Lounging on couches or oh laying out woes yes casting out woes (laughs) so anything else um no i am i'm i'm toying with the idea of uh having the congregation perhaps hear these in multiple voices have other people come up and read some of these as we reflect on them and so we'll, we'll see how that all sorts out this week but i think um yeah again because they're so familiar i think any way that we can jolt ourselves out of the complacency of thinking we've already heard it and hear it with new ears is a helpful way and so that's 
one of the tactics I may employ for my sermon <laughs> this week. It may be, um, I mean, if that's the goal, then you could switch translations as well. That's true. Yeah. Or do a mix of, of translations or. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the, even, even the word blessed are the poor and, and yours, uh, your translation, which I assume was done by the author himself. Mm -hmm. Um, has a different spin on on what that word means and yeah, yeah there's there's yeah. there's ways ways to explore this yeah godlike in their happiness what does that mean yeah <laughs> i thought i knew what blessed meant <laughs> godlike godlike in my happiness boy yeah that opens it that just opens it up all again you know yeah yeah and then uh just as a side note, for those of you who make it to worship on Sunday, there is a wonderful hymn. Uh, I love the tune and the pairing with the text uh, on the Beatitudes that we will be singing immediately following my sermon. <laughs> so, I'm singing it right now in my in my mind's eye. You're hearing it, aren't you? In my mind's eye, sing, or does my mind's eye only see things? I think your mind's ear is hearing it or singing it. Mm. No, your mind's mouth is singing it. Your mind's ear is hearing it. I, I don't know. know. I had so many things in my mind. I thought I just had an extra eye up there. Yeah. Hmm. I've never heard. You know, have you ever heard my mind's ear? I've never heard. That's a new expression we just invented. In my mind's ear, I mm -hmm. heard. That, that would be a fitting expression for a sermon on the gift of prophetic challenge because in my mm -hmm. mind's ear i heard this prophetic challenge yeah god spoke to me through the voice of the prophet micah or god spoke to me through jesus words in the sermon on the mount in my mind's ear yeah i had somebody come up to me after church yesterday and um reflect on just one simple phrase in my sermon and said that it was the second week in a row he had heard that phrase and it was very meaningful to him mm. because that that phrase had been uh rattling around in his head so it was in his mind's ear in his mind's ear yeah and it, uh, the the phrase was uh like pray unceasingly or pray without ceasing and mm. uh that, you know that's that's a line that you put in a sermon that or or perhaps in a prayer or something that uh you didn't realize i mean that's that's one that we use a lot but uh it was particularly meaningful to this church member having heard it two weeks in a row and it had been in his in his mind so yeah in his mind's ear his mind's eye that sounds like one of those like shakespeare things that you know how like shakespeare invented like half of the phrases that we use right it sounds like that's like it was probably like a shakespeare thing and then it just became a part of the common vernacular but i, I could look it up but i don't want to right now I'll look at it. I'll tell. I'll let people know for next time. Excellent. That'll that'll get them to come back. <laughs> uh, what's going on in the life of the church, Grim? Uh well, some exciting things uh, for next week, and so we'll talk. We'll start there, and then and then we'll we'll back up. But uh, next Sunday is our annual congregational meeting. Um, we Presbyterians, uh, as Damon said last week, govern thyself. 
<laughs> Govern thyself, young man. Um, so we hope that uh, folks will be able to join us. Uh, we will do the worship service, which will end right about 11.15, and then we'll roll into our uh, annual congregational meeting, which I hope will uh, last not too long, 30, 45 minutes at the most. Uh, at that meeting, you all uh, vote to reaffirm that you want Damon and I as your pastors. Uh, we also elect new church officers and uh, receive the budget and receive the annual report. And uh, I give a state of the congregation address, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I won't. I won't. You will. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um Unless I don't show up and then, Damon, it's going to fall on your shoulders. Oh, I can do it. I'm ready. I know you can. <laughs> there will be a slide deck. It'll be ready to go. Oh, well, that's just, okay. <laughs> I can do that. All right. Mm -hmm. um, now, that's next week. That's next Sunday, uh, immediately following our 1030 service. That does mean we're not going to have an 830 worship service. We're going to try to encourage all of our church members to be at that 1030 service so that they can stay for the annual congregational meeting um, so we can enact the business and administration of the church and okay. discern together God's will for where we're headed as a family of faith. Okay. Uh, since we're on next Sunday, uh, we, will, we will have forum. We'll have Sunday school hour next week. So we'll have forum and we're gonna start a new forum series Wendy Gwena, uh of United Way, and another thing. She has an incredibly long uh, job title. It's yes. a, it's amazing, honestly. <clears throat> and she also does. Um, she chats up uh, state legislator folks and and that sorts of thing. Uh, all focused on. Uh, the important uh, the importance of access to quality childcare and early childhood development. So she's going to be with us for three Sundays, um, taking a look at essentially the state of childcare, um, specifically in and around Hastings. So um, she'll take you a look, just kind of in general, and and talk about how important it is to have access to quality care for folks, um, uh, how that is important developmentally for young children and the, the benefits of that going forward, uh, different programs that are taking place within the community to increase the quality of child care, to also increase the amount of access um, to child care, and also to talk a little bit about some of the ways that First Prez Hastings has been involved in supporting that sort of work and those sorts of movements in the community. So I think it'll be really, really interesting um, series of conversations. It'll, it'll take a look uh, at some big national sorts of level things and some hyper-local things as well. And I, it's the sort of topic that's important to everybody, <laughs> um, whether you may not be looking for child care, uh, you, your children may not be looking for child care, your grandchildren maybe uh, might be looking for child care, but 
it's the sort of thing that really affects all of us, whether or not we actually know it, um, I think. So, so that'll be really interesting conversations uh, for folks to be part of that starts this coming Sunday. We just wrapped up a forum series. Uh, Reverend Doodle Harris did the last of a series taking a look at um, non-lectionary scripture texts, uh, the things we never read or the things we don't read or some of the things that we seldom read unless we're bored on a Tuesday night. Um, so Now you know what's happening in the Jensen-Heitman household on Tuesday nights. They are opening, <laughs> cracking open their Bible and reading non-lectionary texts. Good yeah. for you. Hannah, um, Hannah, Hannah teaches late on the season. Yes. Uh, so it was great. I attended most of it, and uh, Doodle talked about uh, the book of Joshua, of which there are only two short chapters included in the lectionary, and she gave us a great presentation on that. So uh, so we have this series now. I, I did the first one, and I talked about First and Second Chronicles. Uh, Dan Deffenbaugh taught the second one, and he talked about the book of Daniel, the part that's not included in the lectionary, and then uh, Doodle did Joshua. Uh, interestingly enough, all three of us went to Old Testament, which I've found because the only guide was uh teach a class on a text that doesn't appear in the revised common lectionary and all three of us whoop, went back to the old testament but uh anyways the the series will be available on our church's youtube page so if you missed one or two or all three and these sound interesting to you um hop on over there and you can watch them uh i assume that doodles will be uploaded sometime today hopefully and uh, yeah, hopefully. available so we've got uh We've got a lot of resources there on the YouTube page, but this is the most recent one, and we hope you uh, you plug in and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, anything else? We other it's kind of usual. We got the usual Wednesday night live stuff. Assuming that there's not a major snowstorm again Indeed. this week, um, and on on we go. I think. I think that covers us for now. All right. Would you be willing to offer for us a closing prayer, Greg? I'd be happy to. Let's uh, okay. let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the gifts that you give us so abundantly and lavishly. Uh, some of those gifts we perceive as as blessings. Um, you know, a, a warm meal, the love of family. Um, but also, God, you give us the gift of prophetic challenge and even spoken in the form of blessings, we realize that you challenge us, God, uh, challenge us through the words of Jesus and the words of the prophets to live lives that are worthy of the calling to which we have been called as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so God, in the week ahead, may we reflect on the gift of prophetic challenge that we find in the words of the Sermon on the Mount or that we find in Micah chapter six and think about how those texts may be speaking to us in our daily lives here in the 21st century. Continue to bless and guide us, continue to inspire us, and continue to challenge us with these prophetic challenges as we go about our lives. In Jesus' holy and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.